Good morning and welcome to the Pleasure for Health podcast. My name is Ailsa Kepi and I will be speaking to you today about this topic of being in a relationship with a narcissist and why that makes you feel so bad. So we're going to dive in in a moment, but if you want to find out more about me and my work, you can go to my website, pleasureforhealth.com. Uh, and look up all the information about working with me as a relationship or intimacy coach or body worker. Um, so this was a, a topic dear, dear to my heart because I have been involved with narcissists probably for most of my life. And I've done a lot of work in order to get to a place of having really good boundaries and of also helping others to uh, get out of their narcissistic abuse if it becomes abusive and i'm not always saying that narcissistically inclined people are uh, abusers in a malignant way they're not necessarily getting to that stage however we do want to notice why these relationship dynamics are starting to happen and if we have a choice in that we can actually make a difference either we walk out of the relationship uh intact or we can actually work with our own boundaries, with our own self-awareness in order to not contribute to that relationship dynamic. So why does it feel bad when you're in a relationship with a narcissistically inclined person? Mostly because we are not able to co-regulate with them. And co-regulation is a nerve, relates to the nervous system and it's um, a psychological term that deals with this idea that in when we're with other people that we tend to regulate our nervous systems with the other people, especially in an intimate relationship. We rely on the, our partner to help us regulate and deal with stress together. And so it becomes a shared experience. And, you know, we, we notice these kind of shared experiences in big crowds often as well, right? Like if you are at a football game, and everyone's getting really excited because your team is winning and you just scored a goal, there's this like shared uh, excitement. So that's a similar, like you're co-regulating with the people around you to all of you have this experience of excitement. Um, same thing, maybe in a more, you know, difficult sense, you might walk into a room and everyone's pretty depressed and you suddenly start feeling depressed as well. And you're sort of taking on some of the depression in that room. And now you're starting to feel that as well. So most of us have this ability, this uh, innate kind of, um, what would I say, ha response to co-regulate with people that we're in relationship with. So it's a natural human response. However, if you have grown up and, or been a, you know, if you were a young child and it wasn't safe to co-regulate with your parents, let's say, or let's say your parents weren't very good at co-regulating with you as an infant. So the mother wasn't, you know, engaged with you or the caregiver wasn't engaged with you in a way that made you feel seen and heard. Then you may develop this, this protective sense actually of not co-regulating. So you basically shut down to, uh, feeling the other person's feelings because co-regulation is this like joint sense of feeling, right? I'm feeling excited. Do you feel it? Like, you know, wow, this is such a great day. Like, and we get like psyched up together. 
or on uh, vice versa, you know, oh my God, I had a really stressful day at work. Oh, okay, I get that, la 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 la. And we kind of engage with each other and we share the stress of that. So if, you know, it, it, there's research being done on, on children and infants that have not had a good co-regulatory experience as an infant and a young child, and therefore they, they shut down, they basically learn to uh, just turn it off. And, you know, in some instances that leads to depression or different other um, mental health disorders, one of which could be narcissistic personality disorder, where you create a persona that gets you some feedback. So if you're, you know, if your parents were wanting you to be the star pupil or the, the greatest soccer player or this or that, you become that by overriding your own feelings and sensations because that gets you at least something right that gets you somewhere so a lot of people develop this these narcissistic traits out of protection that's not the maybe the only reason but one of the the big reasons why someone would maybe develop narcissistic traits is in a protective mode because they actually didn't get the experience of co-regulation as an infant and what we're meant to learn from this co-regulation is how to gradually self-regulate, how to understand our own emotions and deal with our own emotions and calm ourselves down and perk ourselves up in a way that we have some autonomy as a human being. So as we mature and move toward adulthood, our parents gradually become you know, less and less involved in our co-regulation. So, you know, they don't have to be like, oh, isn't that nice? Come on now. Like you might talk to an infant, like smile, come on, let's eat our dinner. And like, oh, isn't that lovely? You know, like we don't have that much interaction. As we get older, it's, it's more of an adult interaction where we can just say, oh, that sounds like a really wonderful day at school. Like, tell me more about that. Oh, I, you know, I hear that you were sad when your friend pushed you, like what happened? You know, we talk to them in a more adult way and they start to learn how to self-regulate their own emotional state. They don't, you know, our kids don't end up needing us to be in the same emotional state that they're in, in order to co-regulate their own emotions. That is the ideal maturation process. So we can understand that as a uh, you know, as a person, if you didn't have that co-regulation as an infant, you either shut down, you don't know how to co-regulate, and you also don't learn how to self-regulate. So there's many narcissistically inclined people that don't have any idea or any skills in self-regulation other than to get with someone, to be in a relationship with someone that will take on all their emotions, to which they can dump all their emotions on you. Now we're getting to this real understanding of why does it feel bad? Why do I feel so drained after I've been around this person? Okay, so you've been drained because they're actually using you to co-regulate and to or to regulate their own emotions. So now they're expecting you not only to, you know, regulate yourself, but also to regulate them. So they become become like this vampire energy of I need you to be ashamed because I feel ashamed. I need you to take on my anger because I'm angry. I need you to be, you know, sad because I'm sad. So they will kind of force you to feel those feelings. And if you don't feel them empathically, then they'll 
you know, make you feel those feelings by making you sad or whatever, because they need you to have the emotions for them. They don't know how to regulate or, or be aware of or communicate their own emotional needs. And you can start seeing this like subtly in relationships, you know, where someone, shame is a really big one. Let's say, you know, I'm ashamed of something I did. And then all of a sudden they're getting angry at you. Well, you should be ashamed of like that, la 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 la. And you're like, wait a second. Like I wasn't even involved in this issue. Why am I needing to feel anything? And it's, you know, shame is a very difficult emotion to feel as most of us know. And, you know, if we're empathic, we tend, you know, this is why narcissistic people tend to gravitate towards someone who's very empathic, but also has low self-esteem because you're going to take on all their emotions for them and you're not going to make a fuss about it, you know, because you don't have enough self-esteem to tell, tell the person to deal with their own self, right? So this is why empath empaths tend to get drawn to narcissistic people. And it is interesting that, you know, we're willing to, um, in so, on some level, we're willing to take on these emotions. So, you know, again, it starts feeling really heavy because only one part of this dyad, only one part of this, this couple is feeling all of the emotions. And so, it, you know, even in a gendered sense, you know, traditionally, women would take on more of the emotional labor, if you will, than men in a relationship. Now that's changing a lot. And I would say there's a lot of empathic men are out there and also other genders are mixing it up a little bit. So you need to kind of become really self-aware as to where are you on the spectrum? Are you more on the narcissistic side? Like, do you find it really difficult to feel your feelings and therefore you want to call your friend and make them feel sad as well? Or you want to be angry and just get everyone else angry. Like this is an immature way to deal with our own emotions. We're asking other people to do the labor for us. So, you know, we may have tendencies towards that and no judgment here, I do it as well, but it's good to be aware of so that we can start working on ourselves. This is our own work to do, is to then reparent ourselves to get to this point of being able to self-regulate a little better. That's not, taking away from this experience of co-regulation though. I mean, this is a human way that we bond, right? We bond by helping each other through stressful situations. We bond by in a group having these co-regulation experiences. So having this experience with someone else, if someone else is asking us to take on their emotions might tell us, hey, where have I been too empathic and potentially not having boundaries around is this my feeling or is this the other person's feeling and if it's the other person's feeling do i absolutely choose am i in consent to be taking that on and if i'm taking it on am i taking it on a hundred percent or am i co-regulating with them and are they actually helping are they are they sharing the burden of that emotion you know, if you're in a couple and you're dealing with a difficult, uh, you know, a difficult uh, challenge in your relationship or with your family or there's financial stress, I mean, we all have stress. Are you dealing with that in a, in a, in a way that both of you feel better when you're together dealing with it? And if that's not the case, there's something else going on. So it's a really good way to start looking at your relationship and say, hmm, I feel that I'm doing all the heavy lifting. 
And then, you know, of course, <laughs> there could be the case where your partner feels like they're doing all the heavy lifting too, and you both feel like the other one's, you know, dumping all your emotions on, which could possibly be true that you're both doing that. It could also be true that uh, that in a relationship, we, we tend to maybe underestimate the amount of work that we need to do to be in relationship and that we're going to be dealing with more than our own emotional state. We're going to be dealing with the joint emotional state. And if you have children or you're living with parents or you have a larger social group, then you're going to be dealing with, uh, you know, a lot more emotional states than just your own. Which is why, you know, I think a lot of people choose to to live on their own when they get to a certain age. They're like, I'm done with this. I don't want to do that. And, you know, perfectly legitimate choice. However, there's something very helpful about having people with which we can um, co-regulate and help calm our own nervous system and to deal with stress. And so it's, you know, we saw this a lot in the last three years with COVID when people were isolated, there was this loss of ability to co-regulate and you know some people did better than others with that kind of imposition of of the rules around um gathering in groups so it's um i just thought this was an interesting thing to bring up mostly because i wanted to give you that opportunity to consider your own relationships and consider the way that you uh show up in your own relationships and if you are the one that's taking all the emotions on, maybe you want to think about that. And if you're the one that's not dealing with your own stuff and, and expecting that your partner or your kids or your, you know, whoever, your significant others are taking that work on for you, maybe you want to consider uh, doing some work to help learn some your own self-regulation uh, skills. And here's the good news is that these skills of, of regulating our own nervous system are absolutely learnable. They're absolutely something that you can learn. And this is what I teach a lot of my clients, you know, learning, and it could be as simple as breathing, could be taking a deep breath. Every time you feel a little bit of tension, you're like, let me take a deep breath and breathe out all the way out. That is self-regulation right there, one, one way. It may not work if you're super stressed or it might, you might have to do it multiple, multiple times to make it work. And, you know, there's many, many other ways, you know, going for a walk, gardening, you know, doing anything that you enjoy helps regulation, writing in a journal, um, learning to move in something like a yoga class where you're actually being aware of your body and the tension in your body, having a good massage, some kind of body work where you're also be able to notice where you're holding these emotions potentially or where you're not dealing with things. These are all um, potentially great ways. And there's also, you know, just little things like small movements that can be helpful in regulating your own emotions. And if you're interested in this type of work, I would say um, absolutely reach out to me. I'm happy to have a chat with you and see if we, we are a fit for any of the options I offer. And I would also check out any somatic uh, therapists uh, as the soma, the body tends to be more, you know, the body doesn't lie. That's kind of a, a, a trope. Uh, your hips can't lie. There you go. Um, the body doesn't lie. So if your body is tense and you're in pain and you're getting dis-ease, then there's something going on. And I would 100% say 
that there are some emotional um, dysregulation uh, going on there that you could potentially work through. So uh, I hope that's helpful for your day. And let me know if you felt this hit home for you. If you feel that you're on this one polarity, one side or the other, are you the kind of more narcissistically inclined person or are you the more, you know, echoistic or empathic side um, that that has, you know, both both people have no boundaries. You do have to understand that both narcissists and the empaths have no boundaries in this relationship, right? The narcissist, because they're actually putting all their stuff on you. And if you're the empath, because you're not stopping that. <laughs> so there's a two-way thing here. And that's why when I work with uh, women that have had narcissistic abuse, we have to actually look at ourselves and not to victim blame here, but to say, okay, yeah, that's true. Like I'm getting abused here, but I need to figure out what my part in this is and how to stop it, right? How to stop it and to take responsibility for ourselves. And hopefully you learn to be in a relationship that feels really great. An awesome relationship, you feel uh, better after you've spent time with a, this person. You you come together maybe at a stressful day and an hour later you're like, okay, the world is all right. I can deal with this. You know, me and my partner or my friend, we're, we're good. That's how a great relationship should make you feel. Peaceful, joyful, you know, you might not always like them and I'm not saying you'll never argue, but after, even after an argument, if it's with someone that's you're you're in a healthy relationship with, you're gonna feel you're gonna feel better even after an argument, right? Because you're gonna feel like, well, I spoke my mind, I heard them. We might not agree, but we know how to work this out. So these are some of the ways we know we're in a healthy relationship. So as I said, reach out to me if you are curious about this work. I would love to to meet with you. You can reach me through my website, pleasureforhealth.com, Facebook page, Pleasure for Health, or Instagram, and uh, I'd be happy to chat with you. So have a wonderful day. Notice how you self-regulate and co-regulate, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.